Hey, my name is Anthony O'Connell. I'm a man with a high voice and a podcast. We do a feast or pass, rate it one to feast, great dining experiences, and more. Cameron Fontana was born in Japan. He's a four-time Emmy-winning TV host. Italian food is on the bottom of his list, and he'd never choose to eat it. The local news station does not have craft services. He actually does his own makeup and wardrobe before appearing on air. He's a hydro homie. He chugs water and loves when a server can either refill it or bring him his own water pitcher. Top three Columbus, Ohio pizza places, CW Star Experience, Circleville Pumpkin Show, How to React to Mean Comments, and more. Spam, feast or pass. You know what? I'm a feaster, man. You stick that thing on a grill... I think it's okay. I'm feast. It's kind of polarizing. People think right. it's like a, like a weird bologna or something, but I'm into it. I'll, I'll, I'll feast on that myself. Oh, for sure, man. Put a little hot sauce on it. Hot sauce will make anything a feast. That's true. Even like a frozen burrito, like a 90 exactly. cent frozen burrito, some hot sauce. You mentioned hot sauce. Now, how hot can you go? Like, let's say like a 10 out of 10 spice level, habanero, spicy chicken wing, feast or pass? Oh, uh, feast all day. Like I love hot food challenges and like trying the Carolina Reapers and the ghost peppers. We just did the uh, one chip challenge on good day not too long ago. I mean, it was spicy, but I love spicy food. So feast times a thousand on fire. Big same. I actually, a couple months ago, I got to make some content for Hot Ones, the game show. And that was really exciting. Oh, nice. How was that? I love hot ones. Yeah, it was amazing. So it was for the TV show and they just reached out to me and had me make some content for my Instagram page. And so I just ate three different hot sauces, went to the North Market and stocked up on some extremely hot stuff and just went to town on hot sauce. It was great. That's a good job right there. Yeah, for sure. Now with wings, are you drums yeah. or flats or you don't care? You know what? I'm in different moods when I go. I will always grab the drums first but I feel like because I spend more time eating the flat that there's more meat on the flat. So I do like an even amount of both because I'll, I, I will alternate. I'll go drum, flat, drum, flat, drum, flat. When I eat them, <laughs> that's like a six pack. Nice. Honestly, I'm same. I, I think both yeah. are amazing. Some people have very strong opinions. If you ever read my comments, they're almost like violently angry about one or the other, but I think they're right. both they're both yeah, you get the best of both worlds you go ranch dressing or blue cheese i love both but ranch is my go-to i also love ranch it, it gets such a bad rap i don't know why people it's a very polarizing thing but i think it's great <laughs> dude ranch goes on everything like i put ranch on my pizza the thing is you mix ranch with like a buffalo sauce and then dip your pizza in that that was me in middle school with Domino's, like the five dollar boxes every day that's a pro move for sure yeah. <laughs> so now we're gonna do one to feast it's like one to five but we say feast for fun and for branding chipotle you know what dude i'm gonna say chipotle is a four that's like my staple go-to my wife and i the quality is good this is not an ad for chipotle Nope, um, not sponsored. The price is incredible. Like you can't get by or get past the fact that you get a giant, I go for the bowl with lettuce on the bottom and uh, I mean, it's like seven bucks. You can't beat it. <laughs> right. now, here's the secret. My, one of my best friends, Travis showed me this, that what he does is he gets the Chipotle bowl and then he gets two tortillas and it's enough to make two burritos out of it. Whoa. So is that a, a bonus cost? Toy. No. <laughs> the, the tortillas are free. So you just nice. ask for a bowl and then two tortillas. They might've changed the rule in the last year, but that's how you can score yourself two burritos for the price of one. Now I did know that you can get the bonus rice, bonus beans, all that yeah. stuff. And you can get like a monster massive Have thing. Have you had the quesadilla? My wife gets the quesadilla. See, I heard, I heard that it was only for kids. I didn't know adults could get it. You can get a full size quesadilla. She'll just go chicken cheese on a 
giant tortilla. Oh, it's so good. I'm 100% into that. What about like a hibachi go, like a genji go, one to feast? Okay, so I'm going to say this. I'm not going to put one in general. The food is always good, but I grew up in Japan. And my wife and I just had this conversation with my mom when she was in town last week. And I'm going to go two because I feel like it's overrated. If I'm going to go get Japanese food, I want to go to like a sushi spot. You know what I mean? I think yeah. that's more for the experience, which it's great. The food quality is good, but I will never choose to go to a hibachi style grill. It's always like the party. And I'm like, all right, we're going to go to the party there. So when you were in Japan, were you a kid or were you like a teen? Like how old were you? So I was a kid. I was born there. I lived there till I was seven. And um, I moved to the States at that time when I was seven, but I went through pre-K, K and like I think up to halfway through second grade, first or second grade. And I loved it. Love the culture over there. Okonomiyaki is like my favorite Japanese food ever. That's the Japanese uh, flat pancake or pizza. Uh -huh. Oh, I could eat that every day. Oh man, I love sushi. And I, one thing I haven't found in Columbus and maybe you could recommend something, a good sushi place in Columbus. Do you have any recs? I'll tell you what, we have a great one over here in Pickerington. Don't let it being like a suburb um, deter you. Fugu Sushi is a solid spot over here. Um, and then another place I like is Sushi N. There used to, that's up north. There used to be a Sushi Rock uh, downtown, but they closed. Um, but Fugu Man, Good stuff. Uh, there's a lot of people that I know drive from even the west side or the north side to go to Fugu and it's right on 256 in Tussing. Oh, so wow, that's, that's super spot. close to me. I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah, they're Terry, because uh, my wife, she kind of, she, she dabbles in sushi little by little. I'm getting her to kind of eat more and more, which she is, praise God. Um, but she gets their teriyaki chicken there and it is really good. So when you were a kid, were you eating sushi as a kid? Because I couldn't imagine doing that you know as a so child. funny? Rarely. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of like one of those like ironic things. I rarely had sushi as a kid. Maybe like when we went out sometimes, but like rice was a staple. Like you had, we had two or three uh, steamed rice cookers in our house. I mean, rice was with everything. That's just your go-to. Yeah. But then like bento boxes were, re were really big. So anything with like tamago or egg, that was very popular when I was a kid. And uh, miso soup, we always had. I remember that. And then okonomiyaki, it would cost 500 yen. And that's like five bucks, depending on the exchange. My mom would give me a coin, which they had for 500 yen. And I literally remember riding my bike down the street to this little, this guy outside a shop and all he had was a stand-up grill. And he made street Osaka okonomiyaki. Oh and my I probably had that three or four times a week. It was so good. That's incredible. I love like weird little small spots where it's just some some person, some guy or girl, and they're just like, really, yeah, it's the best. So I mean, that's good. what I had in, in California. One of my favorite things to get was a breakfast burrito. And I have yet to find one that matches the El Ranchito Taco Shop in La Quinta, California. I mean, it was a hole in the wall, but it was so good. But like you said, it's always about the obscure places that have the best food. It really is. And I think too, like, at least for me, I feel like I'm on like a secret, like special thing. And I think that yeah. adds to the experience. Right. You're like, ooh, I know about this this underground hideaway, even though a lot of people know about it, but it's cool. Hey, just wanted to say thank you so much for listening so far. If you're liking it, please subscribe, tell a friend. If you're loving it, please give us a five-star review. Do you have any unpopular food opinions? Unpopular food? Okay, this is an unpopular opinion. I'm not a big fan. Oh, I don't want to get in trouble because I'll eat it. I will never choose, like kind of, hibachi is one of them. I think that's an unpopular opinion. I'm yeah. not a fan of hibachi you girls the second one is italian food i know this is going to get you anthony Whoa. i just i can i can never i'll never choose 
to me, Italian food, it's delicious, but out of all the food possibilities out there, I just like a little bit more like spice and more flavor. And I'm always big on, okay, it's just pasta. Now there are places that make it very well, but that's probably an unpopular opinion that I've had delicious Italian food around Columbus, but I'll never choose to, Italian is on the bottom of my list. Wow. Yeah, my mind I is blown like, right now. <laughs> I know. Like, I mean, I can write Mexican, Indian, Middle Eastern, uh, Japanese food. I will take all of those before t- Italians at the bottom, even below American. Oh my goodness. This is wild stuff. I can't wait for my followers to hear this. <laughs> oh no, no, they're going to come. And it's funny because everyone thinks I'm Italian because my last name's Fontana, which is like, wait a minute, which I'm not, but um, don't attack me. I'm just being real. You want no, me to be honest. <laughs> But there are, there is really good Italian food in Columbus. I mean, you have like mezzo, I've had that and it's delicious. The quality is great, but the unpopular opinion is that is my last choice to eat. Okay. Like spaghetti. Like I'm not going to go pay $17 for spaghetti. (laughs) I can make that. What about like a lobster fra diavolo? You got a pound of lobster, you got some tomato sauce, some shrimp, some scallops, come on. Now, when you start throwing seafood in Italian, that's when you start you know, pique my interest. Like that is when I love it. Lobster, you're getting some fish in there. So yeah. My unpopular food opinion is I like cereal at all stages, meaning when it's first poured, super crunchy. And then when it's mushy, sometimes I'll let it sit and rest. <laughs> I like it I, all the I, way. I'm right there. I hundred percent. I don't, I have no preference and I'm no respecter of the crunch of cereal in milk. I'm right there with you. Like if it's soggy, man, soggy shredded wheat. It's is so one good. of the greatest, greatest tasting things ever. And Absolutely. even crunchy is cool. I'll eat it right out of the box. That's a big win. I love it. So being that you're in media, you're on the news, what is your craft service like? Is it pretty good? You're talking about like craft service, like food at the station? Yeah. So we we just installed, I think, has it been two years yet? Maybe a year or two, like a little kind of market cafe at our station. Before we just had the vending machines. And now we have like refrigerators where they stock it with like little meals and food options. It is a thousand times better than what it's before. Because before it was just a vending machine, granola bars, oh, chips and stuff. That so, breaks my heart. Contrary to popular belief, I don't have my own personal chef following me every day. But if someone wants to, I'd be totally down. I'm so disillusioned. I Maybe I was naive, but I thought you guys had craft services. Not like a Hollywood set or anything, but I thought you would at least have some free Cliff Bars, some espresso, something. That's so disheartening. You have to pay for it. There's a camera there to make sure there's a little kiosk. You pay with your, <laughs> we pay with our phones that we do it. And if you don't pay for it, they will come after you and, and do it. So not there yet, but I'm very thankful because they always stock it with, with uh, lots of drinks, string cheese. That's one of my popular ones. For some reason, I love string cheese right after I get off air. Do you just bite it like a maniac or do you peel it? You know what? I go, I switch off. So <laughs> some days I'm just like in the mood. Actually, I half and half. What I might do is I might bite it right here. Uh-huh. And then, have you ever done that with string cheese? I haven't, but I, I guess I I don't want to use should. two hands. It's too uh-huh. much work. So I'll do it to where I'll get right on the corner. And then Put it I'll right in your mouth it, and kind and of then, just peel down. Yeah, and just peel like that. That's what I do. So I don't like, but I don't. You don't daintily peel it with two hands. No, I use the corner of my mouth and then I kind of go up. I That's probably even more psychotic, but. Hey, at least you could be in the phone zone with one hand and the other hand you're eating a string cheese. I think that's. Yeah, we're, have to, we're having to use our ID badges to get through doors. <laughs> so if I can always have one hand ready and available to do whatever, that's what I try to do. I'm into it. How much freedom do you have with wardrobe? Can you wear whatever you want or does someone pick out your outfit? 
I feel so bad. Everyone is going to be so disappointed. No, we don't. Um, they don't pick out our wardrobe. We don't have anyone doing our makeup. Uh, when I'm in studio and everyone there, everyone does their own makeup. But whenever I'm in studio, I have makeup on. When I'm out and about, like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I um, don't wear any makeup just because I'm active with people. I'm at people's businesses if it's not COVID. And I, I don't want to roll up as the guy in a suit and tie and make, I mean, man, I want to make you feel comfortable. We're having fun together. But wardrobe, I mean, it's pretty much up to us. We want to look presentable. Like I said, Mondays and Tuesdays when I'm anchoring or hosting in studio, Good Day Columbus, it's a little bit more, I don't go full suit and tie. I do suit jacket and actually like a shirt, like a BYLT shirt like this. Little simple color. Yeah. So kind of like business casual. I'm still wearing suit pants and a suit jacket. And then when I'm out and about, you know, jeans, I might wear like a coat over my shirt. So there's no dress code, but like our early morning anchors, Kurt and Jessica, our evening anchors, the ones that are delivering the hard news, they are, you know, fly, tie, shirt, <laughs> pocket square. That is one thing. I think they're required to wear a pocket square. That is a secret. Okay. Thank like they you have to scoop. wear a pocket. Yeah. They did the research. They did the demo groups and all the Karens that were watching and Nancy's and Linda's and Bob's <laughs> and Tom's. They said, you know what? I trust someone more if they have a pocket square. So and that's just, one thing I can tell you. It's just bonus unnecessary fabric. It doesn't really do anything, but hey, if it makes you feel no, comfortable. It, it adds that a little bit. Like, I feel like, wow, they took so much more time to get ready this morning just for, you know, just for the viewers. Yeah. But it looks great. Have you, I'm assuming you've had some interviews with some Columbus chefs. And if so, did you learn anything great? Like any pro cooking tips? I think the biggest tip was like that. Everyone is so really skilled at what they do. Like it makes you respect someone so much more when they're able to make something out of nothing. And that goes across all crafts, all workers. And um, that's probably the biggest thing I've ever learned is, wow, what an art it is to be a really good chef, even a good chef. Because if you gave me 15 ingredients in my kitchen over here and said, all right, make something special for 100 people, go. I'd be like, uh, uh, (laughs) milk and cereal at various crunches. You know, so I think, you know, other than tips that I use at home, because I don't cook like a whole lot. I've grown a respect and not that I didn't respect them before, but man, it's just food. That is a mountain to conquer if you are able to conquer it and kudos to all the chefs and everyone that can. I just like to eat it. Yeah, same. I'm a very mediocre cook. I try my best, but I do respect the heck out of people that, like you said, learn the craft, master the craft, and they can take like five ingredients and make something truly magical. I think that's really nice. Yeah, for sure. When you go out to eat and I'm assuming you eat out a lot, what do you think makes a great dining experience? It really comes down to like, one, the promptness of the server. I think that's that's big for me. And, and I totally respect. And I think I say all this outside of the COVID bubble because everything in the last six months, there has to be a grace for everyone. I mean, protocols have changed. The way they have to make the food has changed. So I don't say any of this this year, if that makes sense. But like when we were pre-COVID and all that, um, one of the things I respect the most is even just a little bit of like, hey, how's your night? A little bit of personal, not personality, um, personable customer service when it comes to the service. Um, I love when a waiter comes up and is like, hey, how are you guys doing? Like that. A simple like that. I'm so happy. Not to say that if they come by, what do you want to drink? Hey, you might've had a bad night. I'm not going to judge you for it, but that's probably my favorite thing just because I love to talk to people. And uh, so when they're kind of on it and they refill my water, 
that is because I feel bad. I go through so much water. I get to the point that <laughs> I'll just ask them because I feel so bad. They go back and forth. I'll say, Hey, can you just bring me like a giant court, like the plastic thing, because I'll go through the whole thing. And they're like, no, we got it. So whenever, if they go the extra mile and they're able to like David Blaine, I look away and they were able to change the water out. I'm <laughs> like, this is odd. That, that's the experience for me. And then when it comes to the food, obviously um, I'm not picky. You know, if my food is not like steaming hot, I'll eat cold food. I'm really not picky when it comes out, comes down to like the actual food element. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I just love food so much that, Hey, if it's hot, if it's warm, it's good. And, um, but no, I think the refilling the waters is like, if someone can do it and keep up with me, that's game changer for me. And that's such that's a reasonable request. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and I'm not one of those people that's like refill my water, but I always feel bad. Literally. If you go out to eat with me, the first thing I ask the server is, Hey, I don't want you to run back and forth six or seven times or feel like you have to, can you bring out like one of the pitchers? That's what they're called pitchers. Yeah. And then most of the time they do. And sometimes they're like, no, don't worry about it. I'm like, okay. And then, um, so it's really good. And they're working so hard right now, man. And that's where we're, we try to eat out more now than what we did before. And just like, you know, because they need it so much. Right. And some people have sent me messages saying I shouldn't eat out and I'm being problematic and all this. But my wow. argument is if they're going to be at work anyway, they would like to have a really good tip. I'm a great tipper. I'm a very nice exactly. customer. So if and they're going to be there this, anyway. Yeah. And I'm not like saying I, if, if you can't afford to tip, then you shouldn't be going out to eat. That's of like, course. I'm a big part on that. I mean, I'm at like 20% for me is like the minimum and then goes up from there. And obviously if we feel led, you know, to bless someone that night, we do that. But I get very frustrated when people go out to eat and then are like, oh, we're not going to tip that much. To me, if you can't tip, that means you can't go out to eat. Like oh, that's agreed. part of the experience. And especially right now. And like you said, it is that conundrum of, well, you're not supposed to be going out. Okay, then carry out, but still tip. Like even if you're carrying out, like we take out Thai Paradise down here in Pickerington, you know, at least once a week. And uh, they're just so awesome and kind. So yeah, as much as you can support the restaurant industry right now, they desperately need it. So have you been a server before? Because you have incredible empathy and awareness of what it's like to be a server. No, the, the closest thing I've ever been to a server was like working the like soccer league food stand. That's the closest I've ever been. But I think, you know, I always had, I always had like pretty jobs that were pretty tiresome from like excavation and just my parents really instilled a big work ethic in me. And I just have a empathy for people or sympathy for people that are just working hard. And I have a disdain for people that can't respect that. And obviously with my job, one of my greatest passions and why I'm in the career that I'm in is to meet new people. And you have to take yourself out of your own situation. And that's what I try to do on a daily basis. If someone's passionate about um, the wooden carvings that they make, I get excited when they're excited about something. On that same spectrum, you know, people that are in the service industry are some of the hardest working people ever because they have to deal with people that don't like to deal with people, if that makes sense. Like right. you're serving people that might be mean, that might not tip. And there's no grace for that. If the server might've had a bad night and maybe they weren't all like, oh, happy, happy. People are like, oh, they must've been a jerk to me. Like, no. So I don't know. I think the sympathy or the empathy comes from just caring about people in general, wherever they are and getting out of ourselves in order to make sure 
that we're making them comfortable and we're making them happy. That's incredible. That's really sweet. I think that's going to warm people's hearts. It warmed my heart. So now on the other end of the spectrum, yes. what do you think makes an awful dining experience? When they don't refill my water. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, you, you know, uh, I think the only thing that makes a bad dining experience, and again, outside of uh, COVID, is the, how would, how would I word it? When the weight or the time is extremely longer than what was portrayed or given to you at the beginning. I.e., hey, it's a 45 minute wait. Great. We've been in the situation where they said it was like a 30 minute wait and we didn't get seated for an hour and a half. Like I'm not exaggerating at that point. And I get you're busy, but the problem is when that becomes a ripple effect, there was one time that we went uh, somewhere to eat, and this was years ago, and I never exaggerate when I when it comes to times, but we didn't get our food for two and a half hours from arrival. And at that point, we we remember watching people leave, like because they bit into food and like it was cold, but the wait was long, half the menu wasn't available. We got the food and legitimately for some of the people I was with, the food was cold. Like I literally felt it at that point. And I was like, okay, it's not cold. <laughs> Oh yeah, those wings are cold. So I think that's the experience. Uh, you know, I think it's it's not anything that's like a hot take, but at least timeliness is my kind of big one. Yeah, I'm with you. And, and I would throw in their communication because even if a restaurant is super busy, just say, hey, Let I'm so know. sorry. Yeah, and, and that was the thing. That was kind of goes back to the customer service. We didn't see our server for like 20 minutes once we were sat. Then... When they came, she just brought a server, or if it was a girl or guy, they brought a serverware, serverware, silverware, and then didn't even ask for drinks and then left again. It was wow. kind of like they weren't communicating. And that was the big thing. If she would have came and said, listen, I'm so sorry, we're slammed tonight. Like that to me goes a million miles. But if there's no communication of, hey, this is about what your weight's going to be, expect this, expect this, then that's that's a sad sad thing wow that yeah i'm with you man customer service is key i was a server uh in new york for about six years yeah i moved out there to pursue stand-up comedy and so i worked in Times square as a server and i was always what was that like it was insane like we were we were the third busiest restaurant in the country because we were in the heart of Times square like oh. i could see the ball drop on new year's eve but we were closed but i could have whoa it was insane and most people were cool but i would always just communicate with people and i never lied yeah. I would never be like, oh, the kitchen's backed up. Like if I forgot something, I'd be like, oh, I forgot. I'm so sorry. And people would just laugh like, yeah. oh, this guy's crazy. He just forgot. It, so <laughs> communication. Like you said, it's communication. Like yeah. that's all you have to do. Like I'd rather you tell me, hey, the wait's like going to be an hour and a half. All right. I'm ready for the hour and a half. But like wait's going to be 30 minutes and then, oh, I'm sorry. It's going to be longer. And and a lot of things could go into that behind the scenes. But like you said, just communicate that can alleviate a lot of stress from people. Absolutely. I know you said you don't cook that much, but do you have any really great cooking experiences at home? Yeah, I respect food and I love places that do food so well that I'd rather go to them than try to recreate that half heart, you know, 50% at home. That makes sense. Is it hard going out to eat with your daughter? Is she a very picky eater? Is she well-behaved? What kind well, of uh, eater is she? Yeah, she's pretty, like 80% of the time, she's pretty good. It, she's well-behaved. She's not a crazy picky eater. I think like most kids, she gets in moods. She will try everything. We do something and we call it a tri-bite. Like, hey, give us a tri-bite and whether she likes it or not. And tri-bite is like 90% effective. Like she had, what was it? Um, in the, uh, you know, and um, falafel the other week. I got some down the street from the, the Greek place. 
And she was like, no, I don't want it. And I was like, do a try bite. And she bit into the falafel and she loved it. We always have her try. Uh, she was eating calamari at like eight months. Wow. We went out somewhere that had calamari and she tried it and she ate like six or seven pieces. So she's a pretty adventurous eater. So we try to get her to try a lot, but I mean, her standards, she loves Chipotle and, um, she loves like chicken fingers. Like chicken fingers are a big thing. Who doesn't love chicken fingers? I, I know. Mean, I, I mean, it's like canes. my wife loves it. I love chicken fingers. They're <laughs> so good. You ever do the raisin canes where you open the bread up and you put the chicken finger in the bread and make a little sandwich? Uh, no. Didn't you do that on one of your posts? I did. <laughs> I, I remember seeing that. <laughs> That's awesome. I've never done it, but man, I could, I could swim in that gravy. I really oh, could too. So you can order a 32 ounce thing of it. I like saw that. <laughs> I, sh- I mean, I'd probably, I'd probably drink it in two days. That's the yeah. problem. Like, I would get it. <laughs> yeah. No one should have that much gravy on hand because you will be irresponsible and you will do bad things. Of course. So I'm assuming when, when friends or family come into town, they probably ask you where to go. Top three pizza places in Columbus, Ohio. What would you say? All right. This isn't in any particular order, but these are like, if you're coming to Columbus, I'm going to say these three. I'm going to say Granddad's, Rubino's, over in uh, Bexley and Kingy's. I've only had and Kingy's out of those three. I, need, I guess I need to try those other two. I've never even had you've them. You've never had Rubino's? No. They Is it make a must their try? sausage in house and their sausage are squares. Whoa. Oh my gosh. And Granddad's <laughs> Pizza. Oh, they, um, they have a buffalo chicken pizza that is, they make their buffalo sauce in house. And okay, it's not cool. just like, like Frank's red hot. It's like their own that they make. Oh, but it's so hard because I also love chicken mariachi from Donato's, but that's kind of like a semi chain, but it's here in Columbus. So I would tell people get Donato's. Yeah. Th- th- that too. Let me have four. Let me throw okay. Donato's in there. <laughs> that enough. chicken mariachi. I will smash every single day. See, that's, I think that might be an unpopular opinion I have is I don't care for chicken on pizza, barbecue chicken on pizza, buffalo chicken. And I love buffalo chicken. Like I'm a big wing guy, wing maniac, but for some reason, pizza and buffalo, it's just, I don't, it's not for me. You know, that's to each their own. I I haven't had one bad thing on pizza. I think the thing I don't get a lot is like a barbecue pizza. I think bar, I mean, I'll eat it, but I'll never choose it. Like if it's there, I'll eat it, but I'll (laughs) choose something else before I choose that. That's my quote. If I'll eat it, but I'll never choose to eat it. I love it. You're so chill and casual. You're like, it's not ideal, but it is food. It's edible. I'm going to eat it. It's like when you show up to like a business meeting and the coffee is just like Folgers or something. You know, I'll drink it, but I'll never choose for instant coffee. I think uh, context is very important in how you enjoy things. So like when I lived in New York City, there was a dollar slice place and it was very mediocre pizza. But every time I'd go there after a couple of beers with some friends and so I had very fond memories of it. And it was like one of my favorite slices in the whole city. So context yeah. matters, I think. I think absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. If you're with friends and, and that's to me, I'm not like a crazy picky eater. And that's where the environment can all can overshadow in a good way. Um, maybe a pizza or burger that's not the best in the world, but because the environment is so awesome that can lift everything up and you don't care if it's not a 10 star burger, but Hey, it's cool. People are great. You're making great memories. At the end of the day, the memories are what matter, not the taste. Of course. And so uh, speaking of memories, a little segue here, I wanted to ask you about your CW star experience. And what was that like when you were starting that process? Were you racked full of nerves? Were you feeling confident and good or a little bit of everything? Like, Uh, how did you feel? Yeah, I mean, that's what, uh, what's this, 2020? That was seven or eight years ago, eight years ago, seven or eight years ago when the contest was. Everything, all of the above, what you just said. Um, 
at the time, I mean, I was pretty deep in my career as a creative director. So I was already doing graphic design, branding, animation, editing, um, you know, having the Adobe Creative Suite under my belt and working on a television production. And this was one of those things where I wanted to break in and this opportunity came up, the CW Star Contest. And a couple of things lined up, even people like at the same time within the span of three days being like, hey, you need to audition for this. Hey, God's telling me to send this link to you because this is something you need to audition to. And with my faith, you know, a lot of times that we operate in faith and believe that those are uh, things that God guides our path. And um, it was everything. I was so nervous. And then when I got into like the top 20 and then, or I'm sorry, the top 10, that's where I was like, oh my gosh, this could be real. Because I don't think you, you, you're never in it thinking i don't think anyone in any competition series because we love like holiday baking championship and all that and we just featured aaron klaus who was on uh the halloween one i don't think anyone is ever in the competition even if we're watching going oh they're the best or they're really good you're never in that mindset that you're going to win it because i think you're on the flip end and you are overcritical of every little thing that you think you did wrong that probably no one else even knows or saw, but you're so intensely focused on everything you did. But no, the competition, I mean, it was stressful. I obviously, Alisa Henry, who's one of our best, one of my best friends, our kids play together. um, She won that year too. And it was cool to have someone like we were texting back and forth, like throughout the contest, like, oh my gosh, you know, what do you think about this? And we were giving each other tips and pointers. And, but no, making that package, what I did feel was I felt like I was ready for that moment. And that's kind of, you know, I tell people, get your reps in, get those 10,000 hours in. I had already been editing. I'd already been used to, you know, being in front of people so that when the opportunity came and they're like, all right, we need you guys to make a video blog about anything. And I'm like, Circleville Pumpkin Show, travel channel style, 3D animation, after effects map with a little car popping up, going around, holding my camera on the Ferris wheel to get the shot to go down. Um, So it's like being ready for that moment. That's what I I did feel like I'm ready. If this isn't it, then I'm not going to be ready any other time. Like if you got to shoot your shot and when that moment comes, capitalize. Um, But it was fun. It was stressful. I mean, obviously a life changer. It changed my life. That's so amazing. And I think your, your editing was probably your X factor. Cause like, there's a lot of charismatic people. You're very charismatic. You're charming, you're fun, but not everyone knows how to edit. And I think that was a good X factor for you. Yeah, it, it definitely helped. And then watching a lot of television because I'm like, Ooh, when I watch, I watch travel channel, watch a lot of the shows that do that. So then I'm able to like, okay, I love this, what they did. I want to incorporate that too. So don't count out watching hours and hours of television and movies. Cause it will pay <laughs> off. That's so true. I love the Circleville Pumpkin Show. I really missed it this year. Um, I, I love know. pumpkin everything. Pumpkin chili, pumpkin donuts. Pumpkin. You want to see something? Yes. Real quick. So I just got from a wonderful couple who I connected with because my wife went to an auction or I found an auction online that was selling all of this uh, old pumpkin show memorabilia. The frame is at my office. Um, and I met this couple, John and Shirley Stevenson, who like their whole family has been involved in the pumpkin show for literally generations and decades and they just sent me these hopefully i'm not getting in trouble for showing these but they didn't make many of them like this is the only thing they made this year that was official and it's the canceled circleville pumpkin show the official 2020 pin 
Oh man, that's awesome. And the right fucking there. looks so weird and twisted. I love it. <laughs> I know. And then and then some of them they had the shirts with the mask on, but they were they were so awesome. They literally just sent me this a couple of days ago and they're like, hey, I thought you'd want one of these because they do a pin every single year. So that's what it looks like, the official pin, but it's my favorite festival of the year. It, it is, is so great. Favorite show. Don't call it a festival. Okay, I didn't know that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to go down there and call it the the pumpkin F word because people might do yeah don't I call, thought it was never festival. call it a festival is it not festival i'm gonna have to google this so no, it's a pump it's a pumpkin show okay yeah that's the big thing because sometimes like at our station if someone just moved to like ohio and or even across the station and they say festival on air 30 messages twitter <laughs> facebook instagram emails phone calls into the newsroom make sure to it's the show it's the show and i get it it's the greatest free show on earth not the greatest free festival so that's a tip for everyone. Okay, so this is this is my last question for you. Yeah. And you're such a positive guy. And so I'm, I'm really interested to hear how you deal with this because I'm sure it happens. But if you get negative comments on social media, how do you deal with that? I kill people with love a lot of times. If someone sends me something now, you might catch me, you know, if someone says something really mean. If I didn't already block them, sometimes I'll snap back and then block kind of <laughs> like that. But I've learned with anything, you have to kill people with kindness and Again, it's not an excuse, but you don't know what they're going through. Most cases and most times, they're probably in a situation that is way worse than what we are in. And they have their own issues and demons to deal with that it's not worth your time. And most of the time I found 90% of the time, if I send them a message back in kindness, they message back and be, and this is kind of the way trolls work. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it like that. Well, you know what I mean? They kind of retract a little bit and they realize, oh shoot, there's another person on the other side of the keyboard. Um, but yeah, I think you can't let you, you can't let it get to you. And that goes into with anybody. Um, if you get down the road, if you're in media or if you're in a position where people are commenting and able to say something to you, just be careful because if you start going down the road and wanting to read the comments of people praising you and taking them and letting those get to your head, that same effect inversely happens when people are negative towards you. Yeah. So you have to be humble. You have to operate in humility in everything you do. Never take for granted the position that you're in or what you've been given responsibility over, whether it's being a public figure, whether it's having an Instagram account that has a lot of influence, um, like in your case, in anybody's case out there. Same. I, I always just block too. I used to try to clap back, but then it's like you're kind of feeding into them and then they know you they, that exactly. they got under your skin. And also, let's be realistic, like you touched on this too, but like, you're probably sad. If you're bothering some stranger on the internet, you're probably not having the best life or the best time. No happy person who's content with themselves is going to bully a random food account or like, right. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's um, not random, dude. You have a lot of followers and your content is legit. So that you. is awesome. Thank you so much. So before we get out of here, is there anything yeah. else? that you want to touch on that I didn't touch on? I want to know how many takes it takes, how many times and how many takes does it take when you're getting like your glam, gooey, like boomerangs and everything? Are there times that you just can't get the shot and you had to order more food? Yes, of course. So <laughs> I'm a perfectionist. Uh, the camera always eats first. All my friends know the camera eats first. And sometimes like we'll all order the same thing. So that way I can get four takes. My friends are so kind and giving to me, but you know, we'll order four things and we'll do multiple takes. And I bring a light into the restaurant. I'm shameless. Sometimes I'll go out onto the sidewalk to get natural light, anything to get that content. 
Dude, I'd say, yeah, because I mean, your shots are like perfect. And I, I know from experience, I'm like, man, there's gotta be a couple of times that you try it just, the cheese wasn't doing enough or the sauce didn't drip. So you're like, yeah. oh, the timing of the boomerang was off. Yeah. And then what's like your favorite food? Cause obviously you feature everything. Like what it's like your dish. If there's one dish that you could have right now, anywhere in the world, what would it be? Ah, it's, it's so lame, but I'd have to go pizza. I love pizza. Yeah. I think it's amazing. It's versatile, thick crust, thin crust anything like I love any kind of pizza, but my ultimate favorite is a really good cheese slice or a pepperoni slice. Wow. So just traditional. Yeah. Super traditional. Nice. <laughs> what about what you? What are your favorite food? I mean, I love tacos. Like I could eat tacos every single day, but like favorite dish, if we're not uh, looking at the nutritional carb count, <laughs> okonomiyaki. Okonomiyaki is just, I, I remember growing up eating it so much. And then it was like, five or six years ago, I'm like, let me just see, I, I made some, let me just see like, you know, how many, and that thing is like nine meals worth compacted into that, but it is so good. So an authentic, like Osaka style okonomiyaki or takoyaki, that's the balls with the octopus on the inside. Okay. Yeah. Those and, are cool. Um, Tensuke Express or Tensuke Market over up in off of Bethel has them. And oh, I could eat those all day with the takoyaki sauce on top. Cool. So good. Is that the one where they have like the little like flakes that kind of move in the wind a little bit? Yep. The fish flakes. Fish flakes. All day. Give me those fish flakes. I'll just <laughs> douse them all over the place. So good. I think that's it. Were you going to ask me another question? I kind of cut you off. I'm sorry, but if not. Oh, I was going to say, what are your top three pizza spots? I really love Vicks. I'm a big Vicks fan. Yeah, I think Vicks they're awesome. Cool. Super good. I love um, Hound Dogs. I think Hound Dogs is great. Yeah and uh adriatica's yeah we were at adriatica's we featured them on our last pizza tour yeah oh like we did a morning of pizza but i'll tell you what columbus has so much good pizza and i love it because you have so many different varieties you know what's funny about columbus is my followers because i have a lot of new york followers they yeah. hate the square cut they get so triggered they're really like, they're like that pizza looks good but why do you cut it like an idiot it squares it's so <laughs> dumb <laughs> and i'm like you dude it I, tastes it, the same <laughs> I didn't know about the square cut until I moved to Ohio from California. And now I like it. But the problem with square cut is it tricks you because when you normally be like, all right, I'm just going to have two slices because I'm an adult and I'm going to responsibly eat. Where a square cut, you're constantly going at these small pieces thinking, oh, I'm just having another small piece. And then you look down, you ate half the pizza. Right. I mean, and that's the, that's like the problem. It's like a blessing and a curse. It's like, wow, I feel like I can eat more pizza with it being square cut, but I'm eating more pizza with it right. being square cut. <laughs> well, Cameron, I think we did it. We did the darn thing. I thank you so much for your time. You were a great interview, super fun, super kind. And I'm really glad I got to talk to you. Ah, you too, man. I look forward to seeing more of your adventures on Instagram. Awesome. This is dude. sweet. Have a good rest of the day, Cameron. Thanks, man. You too. All right. Bye.